Zacchaeus uh, said to be a wee little man. Hey, remember that song? Yeah. Wee little man was he? But the question is, was Zacchaeus really short or was Jesus short? Oh, what a curveball. I'm not quite sure now. We're going to see that. Being five foot seven myself, I'm kind of thinking maybe Jesus was about. (laughs) I feel like Jesus. It's possible. We'll kind of see the wording in that that to, uh, today in Luke chapter 19. Yeah. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. Uh, and I'm Scott. Do we need to say that every, every yeah. time? I don't well, know. I think people wouldn't know who we are if they, they didn't hear it. So Yeah. All right. And plus, we could never use it for humor in things going on at church if we didn't do that. That's true. All right. Luke 19 verse 1 says, Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through town. So this would have been right after the blind man that yep. we talked about yesterday. There's a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region. He become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Uh, well, here in the NLT, though, I guess I'd almost have to look at the Greek. Because so, in the NLT, it makes it look like Zacchaeus was too short to yeah, see over the crowd. In the, the original crowd. wording, yeah. we don't know. It could be. <laughs> Honestly, we really don't know. It could be that Zacchaeus was too short to see over the crowd. Or that Jesus was too short to see over the crowd. Yeah, because in, in the ESV it says uh, he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not. And then it says because he was small in stature, but the he does not identify who is that he. Zacchaeus or Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I'm, I'm kind of thinking it was Jesus. <laughs> uh, though the Shroud of Turin, and you know, there's a lot of uh, speculation about that, but the Shroud of Turin was a a man that was five foot seven. Really? Whether it was Jesus or somebody else. And you're else. five foot seven. I'm five foot seven, wow. which was actually pretty tall in the ancient world. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it would be. I would have been doing pretty well back right. then. Yeah. Yep. All right. What verse were we on? Um, oh, here we go. Verse four. Yeah. So you ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree. Beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass by. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Now, I'll just say it this way. I would be wrong. I'd have the wrong heart. But if I were in the crowd that day, I would be ticked. You're going to go to that guy's house? Like, here I am. That guy bullies me. He is taking a lot of my money. That guy's rich because he crushes me. And you're gonna go to his house? Why not come mm-hmm. to my house? Like I'm, I, if anybody deserves, it, I deserve it over over Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's how I would feel. Yeah, and it, it does kind of go against our view of how Jesus denounced the wealthy. He, which he didn't. He just said, "Beware," because it's hard for a rich man to get into heaven because of the because of what the wealth does to him. And yet, at the same time, Zacchaeus would have been one of the wealthiest people yeah. in town. Yeah, and he invites him, right. or he invites himself over to his home. Yeah and not the poor people's home. What we're seeing playing out here, even though I would have felt bad that day if I were in that crowd, what we are seeing play out here is that Jesus walks toward the big messes. Mm -hmm. And not that the people in the crowd that day weren't messes. I would be a mess if I was sitting there, you know, with my sin. But he looks at Zacchaeus and says, I could change this whole town's life if I can reach that guy. Yeah, there's that. And there's also, what a great life lesson, because he's already been teaching these principles about loving your enemies. Yeah. Loving those that, that... use you and do things against you. And now he's demonstrating this and he's messing with their emotions in it because some of these people, if they're upset about this, it's like, okay, 
now my words, you loved it when I said those things, but now when I'm practicing it, you don't like it. Right. Which means you're not practicing it. would it. mess with my emotions, and it, uh, it would mess with anybody's emotions listening mm-hmm. to this right now. If you think about that coworker who gives you such a hard time at work, gossips about you, you know, goes behind your back, and if Jesus came to town tomorrow and had dinner with them, you'd be ticked too. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what's kind of playing out here. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. Yeah, of course. He has gone to the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Hmm. I remember hearing that when I was a kid, and I'd be like, that math doesn't quite yeah. play out here. Yep. And so obviously not all of his wealth was made from cheating, though a lot of it was. Yeah. But he had legitimately earned some wealth as well, or he would not be able to do this. Sure. Okay. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Meaning this man has shown to be a true Jew. The other people would not have seen him as a Jew. Yeah. Because he works for the Romans. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a traitor. We're not considering him a Jew. And now Jesus says, yeah, he is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. You know, take it verse 11. Yeah, you bet. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I'm gone. But this people, his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made 10 times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I trusted you. So you will be governor of 10 cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you were a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and then harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I was a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. But master, they said, he already has 10 pounds. Yes, the king replied. And to those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing... Even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. God's <laughs> wow. not fair. No, he's not. No, no. But you know, at the same time, there is something to be said regarding the responsibility factor in that he does reward responsibility. Yeah. And he is all about us. In fact, we'll see that in Proverbs and protecting those who are being oppressed and being taken advantage of, but he is also all about taking personal responsibility for our yeah. lives. Yeah. 
you know, and not to get political because mm -hmm. I, I really won't here, but I have seen a lot of memes lately that say, you know, Jesus was a socialist because of feeding the 5,000 and mm -hmm. all of that. And you were just the story like definitely wasn't a socialist. Yeah, I don't think so. At the same time, <laughs> he also wasn't, isn't a Republican or a Democrat. No. I believe he's a, he's into dictatorships. Him being the dictator yes. is going to be awesome. And that's, that's the only, that's going to be the only solution. Yeah. Now, there is no perfect form of human government unless the human that's in charge is perfect. Yeah. And that would be Jesus. That's right. So come Lord Jesus. So let's get over to our proverb for today. Proverbs chapter 31 is a very, you know, it's a popular uh, chapter. It's a lot of times like Proverbs 31, women's ministry and yep. all of that. <laughs> Uh, I want to focus. In it's on also made fun of a lot as well, which sure. which is sad because yeah, this yeah. woman is rightly lifted up. But yeah. we're not talking about that part of thirty one. We're going to nope. look at what verse eight. Verse eight says, "Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those who are being crushed." Now, Dad, let me just uh, say this. Um, I want to word this carefully so that, well, whatever. <laughs> this verse is a lot of times used by social justice warriors when it comes to getting involved in being very, very political mm -hmm. and getting people politically charged. And so this is one of those verses personally that I have to fight against myself because I have some bitterness because I've been like, this has been, you know, kind of shouted at me because I'm, you know, I'm not as political as they yeah. believe I should be. How do you manage that tension? Yeah, and, and I'm one that, I mean, we are, as a church, we're so laser focused on the gospel that we don't want anything to get in the way and distract us. But at the same time, we also know that we're taught throughout the scriptures to individually be very careful to speak up for the people who are being misused or being bullied or getting unfair treatment. And I really believe that Christians by and large have always been, that is genuine Christians have always been faithful when it comes to this. I think there's a lot of fake Christianity out there. There's a lot of hypocrites out there. But I think that those who genuinely are following Jesus, we're going to be the first ones that are going to speak up. What what we are resisting, and, and I don't even care for the term social justice. I love the term justice. But I think that when you add the adjective in front of it, you do a disservice to the meaning of the word, that justice is something that is much more encompassing, that when we start talking about social justice, then we start talking about a political system or a forced kind of equity where we take from some in order to give to some others yeah. or blame uh, one group of people because of the difficulties of another group of people. And I think that's where we get into trouble. I think instead that as followers of Jesus, every one of us individually ought to be always looking out for the needs of other people and the people around us. Yeah. And it's particularly, of course, going to bat for the disadvantaged. Right. But I don't believe that that means that we're to force this value on others politically. I think that instead that this is going to take place when Jesus comes back. In the meantime, if we were to act on behalf of others across the board, that that is what produces change in a culture. Right. So you go back to just the model that Jesus left us. You have Rome was crushing the people of Israel during yeah, the they time were. of Jesus. Yeah, they were. Jesus and not never, just Israel. They were crushing everybody that they could. Yeah, and Jesus never confronted a Roman no. soldier in Scripture that we see at all. Instead, what you see Jesus doing is going and, and serving the people who are hurting and also speaking up when he can and when and when he does. Yeah. In but fact, you don't see him fighting. Not just Jesus, but even his followers, his early disciples and the first the early church, you don't see that at all. You yeah. do see them as individuals going to bat for the helpless. You 
you see them rescuing children who were being left out in the woods because they were unwanted. And you see them doing all that they could to, re- in fact, abortion was something that was practiced. And usually social justice warriors are not, yeah, they, don't you talk don't, about that. They, they don't want to talk about abortion yeah. at all, but, um, but you, that's, that was the early Christians. They, right. they were concerned about the life of those who were, it was, they were innocent. But when you talk about the injustices being done in the Roman world, it was on a scale that could never be compared to anything that we see today yeah. in, in the Western world. Human trafficking and child sex slaves. I mean, terrible stuff. It, it was awful then. And yes, there's some of that stuff even going on you know, today around the world. But right. it was unbelievable, the, the enslavement and the stuff that was going on. But it was never the mission of the church to solve those problems instead it was the mission of the church always to fulfill Jesus's great commission, which was to see people's lives transformed by the gospel. And when that happens, that leads to a transformation of society, which we know did happen as well. Yes. All right. Well, we went longer today, yeah, we sure, did. but it was worth it. So, hey, have a great Wednesday. It's Wednesday today, right? It is Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. We'll and see everybody we'll then. see you Thursday.